Good morning, Mercy Culture. Good to see you all this morning. Hey, the vision of Mercy Culture is that we exist to take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. What we just did was a corporate encounter. And the great news is you can do that every time you encounter God during the week, on your way to work, in the car, when you're doing dishes, you can have a daily personal encounter just like this and invite his presence in. And the Lord is so good to meet with you. Just want to share a little bit about our membership process that we call Connect, and it's also how we do discipleship. Uh, I, I, I love to connect with God through remembrance, and that just looks like looking back on all the times that I've encountered God or that he's delivered me or, or set me free or given me a word, and I love to, to just go back and encounter him all over again in the same way. So if you guys haven't gone through Connect yet, if you're interested in being a part, you can text Connect to the number that's on your screen, and you can uh, dive in and see how you best connect with the Lord. If you want to check out the notes today, you can text notes to the number that comes on your screen and get all the notes. But today we have a guest speaker all the way from Fort Worth. Hold on, hold on. Don't get too excited yet. So I, I want to honor him. But whenever I was asking God, what's the best way to honor him, I felt like the Lord said to look at the value. So we have a, a value of honor. It's a part of our culture. And we say that it's assigning heaven's value. And I know most of you guys don't know him. So I don't want this to just be a, we stand and clap and it's just, you know, one of those moments. Like, that's not what this is. I want you guys to assign heaven's value to Isaac. And, and the reason why is because I've seen him behind the scenes on his face worshiping the Lord. I used to walk by his office and, and see him in worship just all day long. Just he's down there. He's, and, I, and, I, and I see him ministering in students and I see him ministering all around the church. And that's why we're honoring him. We're not honoring him just because he's a guest speaker and we're going to stand up and clap. That's, that's not why we're doing it. We're assigning heaven's value. So if you guys would just stand and, and walk in this value of honor with me and honor Isaac Hector. Come on, can you stay standing? Can you just applaud the Lord for how good he's been to you? Tell Jesus how good you are. You're such a good, faithful God, worthy of praise. Come on, does somebody have uh, something to give God praise for today? Just come on, lift him up. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm so excited to be here with you. Y'all can, can have a seat. Come on. Don't stop celebrating. Uh, like Pastor Jordan said, my name is Isaac. Um, my wife is actually on that banner right there. So she's, she's here with me, even though she's not here. So thank you, babe. I love you so much. Um, we have, we've been a part of Mercy Culture since 2018, and our heart was just to serve that, this house uh, wherever it would best benefit the body as well as it would please the, the heart of the Father. And like many of you, you have that same heart. The Kennedys, you carry that heart. The, the Caldwells, you carry that. Brandon, the Wells family, you carry that. Laura Lynn, you carry that. You guys carry this heart to go whatever blesses the body and whatever would please the Lord. And so I just want to honor you all that have moved from different cities, states to be a part and serve the house of God and be people that are built around his presence. So, so I honor you and thank you for serving this house. Man, and I, I heard about your hunger uh, last week. Vanessa, my wife, was here with Pastor Heather, and she was just telling me about the hunger 
that is at Waco Church. Anybody hungry for, for an encounter with God? Amen. And so it's fun to be here to encounter with you guys. Um, and just to tell you, I didn't come here to perform. I came for an encounter. I came to hear God's voice. I came to, to look different, to, to be different. I, I came to experience a new level of his intimacy and presence. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. I'm excited to encounter God with you. It's this, this waiting on his presence, and that waiting is not sitting back on your heels, but it's, it's on your toes, ready for an encounter. It's like Peter, after Jesus resurrected from the dead. Do I need to be up here a little bit better? Okay, good. It's a different sound. I'm like, where am I? We'll figure it out. What was I talking about? Peter. Okay, so Peter's on the boat fishing, and Jesus is resurrected. And when he sees Jesus, what does he do? He abandons ship to swim and go after his presence. That's what we do. We're ready. My, on my toes, I'm ready. When his presence comes, I'm abandoning ship and going after him. Wherever he is, I'll leave everything behind, like burn the plow and chase after his presence. That, that is who we are. That is who this church is. Y'all ready to get after it today? Uh, I felt like we were supposed to uh, uh, pray through a scripture real quick. Um, if you have it, you can go to Psalms 39, pull it up in your own Bible. Psalms 39 in, in verse 4. So I'm going to read it, and then I just want to pray, and then we'll get on into, uh, into the message. But... This is Psalms 39, verse 4. It says, Lord, make me to know my end and what is the measure of my days, that I may know how frail I am. Indeed, you may have, you have made my days as a handbreadth or the width of my palm. And my age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but a vapor. Can we just, just pray this? I felt like the list was on, on the Lord's heart for me to pray. And so, Lord, I pray that you would make us to know the end of our days that you have measured the beginning and the end. You saw us when we were born, and you saw the day that we will leave. We, we declare and we say that our, our life is in your hands. And you that have started a good work is faithful. We declare the faithfulness of God over, over our marriages, over our families, over our school, our workplaces. No matter what circumstances, trial, tribulation, no matter what joy, God, our life is in your hands. We trust you, Father. Even when we don't feel it, we choose to stand on your word and trust you. I pray that we would see that, that you have measured our days. And God, we would not get caught up and lost in what the world would say, but we would get caught up and lost in your presence. And today we say we will not miss this moment with you. We will not miss an encounter with you. If this is the day that the Lord has made, then I will stand in it, and I will rejoice in it, and I will be glad that you are my Father and that I stand before you. Oh, we love you with all of our days. All of our days we love you. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. Anybody hear that word last week of the call to prayer for our church? It's powerful. I'm excited for what God's going to do in this next season uh, at Mercy Culture. So there's three scriptures that the Lord put on my heart as, uh, over this last month as I was preparing um, 
really, I, it was just the Lord put it on my heart. Um, anyways, in, in, in Tuesday, I was asked to speak, and the Lord had already put these, these three passages in my heart, so I'm excited to, to Gen Z will be suicide-free. Come on, I believe that. Uh, there's three passages. That was on her shirt. That's why I said that. Uh, there's three passages that the Lord put on my heart, and so I'm going to share those with you. It's Matthew chapter 13, it's Mark 10, and it's Matthew chapter 6. So we can go to Matthew chapter 6 together, and we will read this. Matthew 6, 6, it says this, but when you pray, someone say pray. pray. When you pray, go into your most private room or your storehouse. Say storehouse. storehouse. Close the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I came to Waco to tell you to get ready for an outpouring. Come on, I said get ready for an outpouring. One of our unique characteristics at Mercy Culture is that we're a presence-driven church. How many love the culture that you've experienced here at Mercy Culture? It's beautiful. It's this, it's this rope that pulls us into the ways of God. We have a lot of uh, popular Christianity that, that will pull you into the ways of man, but we want the ways of God. We don't want to do church our way. We want to do church God's way. I don't want to live my life my way. I want to live my life God's way. It's presence-driven. Where your presence is, I'm going. When your presence leaves, I'm leaving. I'm sensitive to the movement of your spirit, to the lifting, the going, the staying. I'll build my life around your presence. What that means is that we don't build a church around a man, a gift, or an anointing. We build a church around the presence of God. That means if he says go, we go. If he says stop, we stop. We're built around him. We're sensitive to him. We're looking left and right. God, I'm ready for you. We're built around his presence. Mercy Culture is a church in love with his presence like Moses did. He said, I won't chase after the good things. How many know that you can have the good things of God? but you can miss out on his presence. When Moses was leaving and leading the Israelites out of Egypt, out of captivity, there was a promise of a promised land. And, and God said to Moses, you can go into the promised land and my angel will go with you and you will have the fulfillment of the promises. But Moses said, we won't go without your presence. It's your presence that makes us distinct. It's your presence that means everything. You will have this opportunity in your life to choose the good things of God or God himself. How many people were around Jesus and knew they were model men? They knew the things of God and yet missed God himself. Don't let that be you. I'm not letting that be me. We can't be people that when God shows up, we miss it. I want to stay hungry. I want to stay sensitive because it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. His ways of doing things for what? They will be satisfied. They will be filled. God is ready to fill his people again, his bride again, that is waiting on him to come back, that is waiting for him to release all that is in the kingdom of heaven. We are a people of pursuit. Moved from states, moved from places where his presence is, we will build our life around him. Matthew 13, verse 44, Jesus says this as he was speaking in parables. He says, the kingdom of heaven... Is like a very precious treasure hidden in a field. When a man found and hid it again, 
Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field, securing the treasure for himself. We are a people that are out for the treasure of heaven, for the kingdom of God. We are searching for the treasures, the things that please the heart of the Father. We are looking, does this please you? I go to bed at night and say, God, did today please you? Because I'm after the treasures of heaven. I don't want a rich life in this world. I want a rich life of intimacy with God. This is what it is to be a follower of Jesus, that we will abandon the world for intimacy with him. We will let go of the things that we hold on to, to let, to grab a hold of the things of God. We are after the treasures of heaven. I love this. It says that in his joy, like he found the presence of God. He found the treasure and joy just hit your home. How many have had that? You found the presence of God and joy just hit your home. You found deliverance and joy hits you. I wonder if our joy is connected to our level of discovery. See, our daily encounters that you hear constantly, we're constantly talking about it because daily encounters are about everyday encountering, discovering God. I wonder if the level of our joy is connected to the level of our discovery of Him, His goodness, His kindness, His faithfulness, His love, His mercy. See, I would challenge you today, if you find yourself bored in Christianity or bored in daily encounters, then you might just need to push yourself into discovering more of Him. I had uh, one day in my prayer, it, it, my prayer time, my, my daily encounter with the Lord, I asked the Lord just to deliver me of boredom, deliver me of apathy. I don't want to be on my heels. I want to be on my toes. And in a moment right there, God delivered me, shaking under the power of God for about 20 minutes, something inside of me shifting and where there is this hunger that God was wanting to place in me, but I was willing to let go of my boredom, willing to let go of my apathy and hold on to the hunger of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, and in his joy, he'll sell everything that he has to secure that treasure for himself. Proverbs, you probably know the scripture, Proverbs 2, 4, it says, if you seek skillful and godly wisdom as you would silver, and search for her as you would hidden treasures. Someone say hidden treasures. Where are those hidden treasures that God is, is around? He's in secret. Where is he that, that, that you can find him in your encounters? Where is he that you can find him in your workplace? Where is he that you can find him in your car? We're constantly going, God, where are you? I'm looking for you in worship sets. I'm looking for you in scripture. God, speak to me. Where are you hiding? Because if the angels can consistently say holy every time they see a new side of you, God, I want to access that. I want to access that, that my my daily encounters, it's not about a feeling, but it's about a pursuit. I'm going to chase you, God. Wherever you are, wherever you move, I'm after you. It says, seek as you would hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and you will discover. See, there's a connection between your seeking and your discovering, and you will discover the knowledge of God. He says, seekers will be finders. So I charge you, Waco, be seekers. When the conditions around us, when the culture around us is saying, come seek me, will you say, God, I will seek you. See, God is saying in Psalms 27, he says, seek my face, and our heart responds, your face, Lord, I will seek. 
Do you hear the voice of the Lord today saying, come and seek? Come away with me. Come and find me. I believe that God has hidden treasures for you, hidden secrets, hidden revelation. I loose revelation into your encounters right now. I pray for you that have been bored in your encounters. I pray for an awakening to happen, that you will wake up and you will see the glory of God. You will see the answers in prayer. There, okay, I got to pause on this. I have been praying for the joy of the Lord over my life for years. My name is Isaac. This was not in my notes. My name is Isaac, and my, my name actually means laughter. And for years, people would meet me, and they say, oh, Isaac, a man of laughter or a man of joy. And I was like, that is not one word that would describe me. I don't feel joy. I don't laugh. Like, it takes, it's hard for me to laugh. That means I laugh at actual things that are funny. That is what that really means. I do laugh. I do laugh. You just got to be good. <laughs> But for years, I, I like, I thought, man, I was a joyful kid. High school, I had a blast. And then I went into ministry for three years, uh, four years. And I had this thought that ministry stole my joy. And I've been trying to, been chasing joy again in my life for years. And I've had so many people come up to me and they're just speaking joy over me. You know, like just, I can't even count how many times people have said that joy, joy, joy. And I'm like, yeah, I want that. That'd be great. Lord, <laughs> fulfill it. But I was thinking the other day about the, the time in my life where I had the most, like, godly joy. And it was in a time when the Lord was teaching me prayer, teaching me pursuit on a daily basis. I'm crying out for things. And he was answering those things. See, there is a fulfillment to the answering of your prayers. This is what God wants for us, is to pray and ask of Him, and then Him release those answers. And in Him releasing answers is Him releasing the joy of heaven. It's not about your feeling it, it's about Him releasing it and you responding to it. So, that was just a little nugget. I believe that joy is about to hit you, your family. Come on, anybody say amen? Amen. Amen. We are to seek him out like a hidden treasure. You know scripture that says where your treasure is, there your heart is. It's not just financial. It's about the love, the things that satisfy you, the things that you value, the things that if you lost it, it would cost you something. It's something that you long for if I didn't have it. See, I don't want to live a life without his presence to finally start, the, start finding the value in it. Let me say it again. I don't want to live outside of his presence or I don't want to be removed from his presence to finally start figuring out the value of what it is to be in his presence. I want to do whatever it takes to keep me under that covering, under his anointing, under his favor. I don't want to know and experience, and you don't have to know and experience the outside of his presence in order to value his presence. But though you've been on the outside, how much more love is there when you get pulled back in? There is mercy and kindness and goodness, and those who have been forgiven much love much. But I want to stay in his presence. I want to pursue the good things of God. I want to pursue all that God has for us. Mark chapter 10, you can go there with me. It is the, another story of, of a young man who, who runs to Jesus. Mark 10 verse 17, it says, as Jesus was leaving on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? 
Verse 18, Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not testify falsely, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he replied to him, teacher, I have carefully kept all these commandments since my youth. And looking at him, Jesus felt a love, a high regard, a compassion for him and said to him, but you lack one thing, go and sell all your property and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. There's a, a young ruler who pursued all the right things, had the good things in life, followed the scriptures, followed the words. If you were to look at him, you would say, that man is a godly man because he could see all the outside, show up to church, read scriptures, and pray. But Jesus turns to him, and when this young man who seems pers like he's pursuing enthusiastic to become a follower of Jesus, how might I have eternal life? What was Jesus' response? Well done, good and faithful servant. No. As much as we want that to happen, Jesus had too much love for him to not let him remain in his religion. He said, there's this one thing you lack. This one thing, this, this phrase, this one thing is a Greek phrase that's actually used again in Romans chapter 3. Where it says this, we all have sinned and are in need or have fallen short or lack the glory of God. Believe that Jesus was looking at this man and said, you have all the right things, yet you lack the glory of God. You lack the manifest presence, the outpouring of my presence. How many of us can say we've been there? I know the religion. I know the ways of God or the things. I know how to fit into religion. I know how to fit into the good things. And yet, we find ourselves lacking in presence, lacking in tears, lacking in glory, lacking in outpouring. This is Jesus. I wonder today if he's saying to some of us, you're lacking in this one thing. You're lacking in this one thing. It's like having a nice car, but no engine. I wonder how much of our Christianity looks good on the outside, but on the inside, we have lacked the engine of prayer, the engine of glory, the engine of his presence. I was in, a, I was in Kentucky. Anybody been to Kentucky before? Yeah? Anybody from Kentucky? All right, cool. <laughs> I'm not. I was in Kentucky. It was about, uh, uh, let's see, 2000, 2018. 2018, we were there for a friend's wedding. They are getting married in. I get up early. Uh, any early risers? You're up early. Amen. Come on. We're getting the early worm, even though, you know, I don't like worms, but we're getting it. We're getting after it. I was up early uh, on the porch, and I connect with God through, through, through creation, through nature, and so I was out there with my uh, cup of coffee. Amen. Just the glory of God is just filled up in that nice little cup, and man, I feel his presence when I'm sitting there. Green grass and a nice hot cup of coffee. It's awesome. So I'm sitting there having, having my encounter, and uh, I remember it was like the Lord coming to me and just looking at me and saying, do I have your attention? And I remember looking like back like, Lord, you have, you have my attention. And I remember him affirming me, yes, I have your attention. He said, but what about all of that? 
And for the first time, I, I looked back and I saw the weights that I had been carrying, the possessions that, that were hidden in my heart. He had my attention, but he didn't have my belongings. He had my attention, but he didn't have my values. There were possessions that I was holding on to. See, I had just moved to Texas from Arizona. I had just gotten married. There was, uh, it was a, a new journey for me and my wife, and finances were tight. We just made the move in faith, and uh, I started just processing what are the things that were heavy that I was holding on to as my own possessions, the weight of, uh, of, of, of just financial, the weight of being a new husband leading in a new city. And then it was also in that same time, right before I left, my mom's cancer, who uh, had been fighting cancer for two years prior to that, came back, and now I'm even further away. There's less that I can do to, to be there for my mom. And so that weight, I didn't know what to do, so I just stored it in the place of my heart, and then it just kind of snowballed. I didn't know how to manage that, so then all of this other weight just started piling on, and it was in that moment that the Lord said, I have your attention, but I don't have your possessions. It's not just the possessions of our heart of like the boats and the houses and the things like this young man. It's also the things that we think that we can carry in our own strength that we store up in our house, that we store up in our inner rooms, that sometimes we lock away hidden and we, we lock it with the key. We, there's pain back there that we never want to address again, and we store it in a deep place again. And I wonder today if the Lord is saying, I have your attention but do I have your possessions? Do I have your pain? Have you given me the right to, to your life, the inner parts of you, the inner workings, the things that you value and that you love? This is what Jesus says. He looks at this young man and he says, you lack this one thing. See, we all, we will store up. This is what, what scripture says, 1 John chapter 2. It says, do not love the world nor the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust and the sensual cravings of the flesh and the lust and longing of the eyes and the boastful pride of life, the pretentious confidence in one's resources or in the stability of earthly things. He says this, these do not come from the Father, but are from the world. We have to take a time to look into the storehouse of our hearts and know what are we storing up. Band, you guys can, can uh, come to the stage. I want you to look into your heart and God, ask God, what am I storing? Is it the lust of my flesh, the longing, the things that, that are, are pleasing to me, the longing of the eyes? the boasting of pride. See, what is hidden matters. This young man, he turns away from Jesus. It says, you know what it, is, it says about his feelings? He turned away saddened or even angered that Jesus would come and say to him something like this. He was saddened at Jesus' words and left grieving because he owned much property and this had many possessions which he treasured more than his relationship with God. Look for the places in your heart that you treasure more than your relationship with God. Look for the things in your life that you treasure, you value more than the relationship with God. What we treasure in our hearts. See, the glory 
of our belongings or the things. It says this in scripture that, that men have traded the glory of man for the glory of God. I would look at the things of this and I would look at them in the glory of, or categorize them in the glory of, of man. Because there's things that, that make us as, as mankind, as men and women, feel good about ourselves. And so we store these things up. It's the glory of man that we hold on to or that we long for, the acceptance of others, the approval of others. It's the glory of man that we, we hold on to. And we have to go through the testing and the trials of will you trade the glory of God for the glory of man, the approval of others, the acceptance of what other people think and say about you. For some of us, our house is filled with worldly treasures. Some of us, it's filled with just the weights of life the circumstances of life, the pain of life, the things that we've walked through and gone through. Some of us, that is what's stored up in our, in our storehouse. So I'll, in this, uh, this next season of prayers, I've been thinking about this. It says, what, what keeps us from praying? What keeps you from praying? Why don't you pray? We don't pray because we're, we're self-fulfilled. We're self-satisfied, we're self-sufficient. Our storehouse is full of self-promotion, but it's also, maybe for you, it's full of self-sabotage, self-protection. It could be all summed up in this. Our storehouse is full of self. If you were to look into the inner chamber of your heart, you would look into the places in your heart, what's filling it? Is it full of you? We don't pray because we don't see a need. We don't pray because we'll be all right on our own. We don't pray because we'll figure it out. We don't have daily encounters because we trust in ourselves to get through the days. See, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. See, you have the kingdom when you have nothing. I wonder today if the Lord is poking on something that, that you've been holding on to. You have strength, you have your abilities, you have your giftings, you have your anointings, but do you have God? Do you have his manifest presence? Do you have the outpouring of favor in your life? Matthew chapter 6, our scripture that we first started with. Jesus is saying this in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, but when you pray, go into your, your most private room. This word pray it says, but when you pray, it's actually this word that literally talks about the exchanging of your desires for his desires. So he's saying when you exchange, when you do this thing called prayer, and how many know prayer is not a man-made thing? It's, it's a God thing. It's God's avenue of establishing the kingdom of heaven on earth. It's, he says when you go to exchange your desires yourself for the kingdom of heaven, this is what he says. He says, go into your most private room or your storehouse. What he's saying is when you pray, go first into your storehouse and take a look around and what doesn't belong to God and exchange it for his. I'm going in and going, what am I holding on to and what can I release? And he who sees what you do with your self-storage will reward you. I came here to tell you today, Waco, that there is an outpouring coming to you. There is an outpouring coming to your family. There is an outpouring coming to your encounters. But you might say, Isaac, my storehouse 
is not perfect, and mine neither. God's not waiting on your storehouse to be perfect. He's waiting on you to be willing to let go of the things that you hold on to. He's looking for willing and obedient servants. Doesn't matter how long you've been walking with God, whether it's 30 years or it's today is your first day. It doesn't matter how good your storage looks. He wants to outpour his spirit on you, but he's looking for somebody to respond to him. He's looking for somebody that is willing. God, I will abandon everything in me. I will abandon whatever I hold on to, whatever I long for. I will abandon it all and I will seek and pursue your presence. A few weeks ago, I was, uh, I was just reading this scripture, this exact scripture, and I didn't know it. It talked about the storehouse, and that word storehouse just kind of erupted to me, or it was really highlighted. How, how many has that happened to you? Like you're reading and something just jumps off the page. Pay attention to those things because it's God, God wanting to share something. This is how we spiritually grow is we pay attention to when his presence is there. We feel his presence, his anointing. We see something, and then we, we listen. So I started praying about the storehouse, and then two weeks later, Pastor Landon comes up on a Sunday morning, and he says, after Danny, one of our worship leaders, says that the storehouse is opening, or there's an outpouring. Pastor Landon says, I feel the outpouring of heaven coming over mercy culture that the storehouse of heaven was opening in it. And I had heard the Lord say about the storehouse, and then he shared this with me, and then I was asked to, to speak today. So I believe that God is wanting to show you and prove to you that he is coming with an outpouring of his spirit, of his goodness, and of his kindness. There is an, uh, an outpouring. Anybody ready for an outpouring? Well, you just close your eyes.